You're listening to the Biz Library Podcast, a weekly discussion of important topics that affect both HR and learning and development professionals. Biz Library is dedicated to creating the best and most complete online learning solution that both engages employees and drives business results. For more resources like this podcast, be sure to head over to our website where you'll find up-to-date ebooks, infographics, and other resources, as well as SHRM and HRCI-approved webinars focused on creating better workplaces through great human resource practices and employee development. Hello and welcome to the Biz Library Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. Today, we're joined by Kara Austin to talk about launching a new training program. Kara, I, I had a chance to meet you at a line, and it was great to meet you. Um, thanks for coming back and agreeing to be on the podcast. Yeah, I'm really excited to uh, to share our uh, launch with you guys. Absolutely. Um, just so our listeners get a better idea of who you are, Kara. Um, Kara Austin is the Talent Development Specialist at Club Fit, which is located in Briarcliff Manor in Jefferson Valley, New York. Club Fit is not your typical gym. Club Fit is a full-service fitness facility that sets apart fitness as usual and is focused on their customer service, community, and wellness in the f- for the past 45 years. Cara has been with Club Fit for one year, overseeing training, benefits, performance management, and staff events for 460 staff members at both locations. In her first year at Club Fit, Cara has established a training program for staff by introducing Biz Library and upgrading the currently offered in-house training. Prior to having Biz Library, ClubFit performed annual training with PowerPoints in a classroom setting only. Since launching in t- April of 2018, Cara has been working hands-on with departments and managers to establish individualized micro-learning plans for each department. ClubFit actually won at this year's Align Conference for Best New Program Launch. So can you at least give us a, uh, an overview of, of why you won Best New Program Launch? What, what went so well with your, um, with your program launch? What, what was it like for you? Um, besides the fact of just saying I'm awesome, no, uh, it's our, it's our awesome staff. Um, there was a lot of hands in here, but the main thing that I would have to say is that we focused on pre-launch of getting that manager buy-in, um, which really, really helped us be successful. Uh, by that, I know that a lot of the thing is the leadership buy-in, but we kind of already had that because they said the okay to going with this library. So my factor was focusing on the individual managers where this would be a huge change from what they currently do with their training uh, for themselves and for their, their departments. So I focused on meeting with them. We sat in the weekly manager meeting and gave a tutorial of how to use the system and explained the why of why we're putting the system out there. And it was really to make it better for them and give them more learning opportunities on their own time. So I love that you started with that because that is one of the biggest challenges we hear from people in the industry is that middle manager buy-in because they are the ones who are so busy. They are having to follow up with employees. They're having to own a lot of the programs. So what were some of the questions or pushback that you got initially from those managers and how did you respond to that? Well, the number one question was, who's managing this and who's giving it? <laughs> of course. <laughs> so it was, it was kind of um, what we put together is we did like an outline. So each department, we decided that we're going to do micro learning where we wouldn't use a video that was more than 12 minutes long. And they would have one video a month that they would just need to make sure that they watched. Uh, and, and we really didn't think that 12 minutes was too hard to schedule that in there, especially because they had to attend weekly manager meetings that were an hour. And sometimes if we came in, they would be a little bit over an hour. So they were much more happier than that, <laughs> than having to do that. 
so it's really just explaining to them the whole process instead of just launching and sending out an email saying this is this and one two three in a bullet um, we truly just explain to them why we're why we're putting it out there and I will have to say that um, those that I call the grumblers that are more resistant uh, those were my main focuses because once you have those people on your side it is just word of mouth that gets everybody else just understanding so obviously they're on your side um, since the program launch went so well uh, but that's obviously easier said than done what were some of the um, strategies and, and persuasion techniques that you went in and, and knew you had to drive home um, and, and help them understand in order for this to be successful? Uh, well, the number one was explaining that this was going to be in phases. So what we did is when we launched is we only have our managers, supervisors, and some core staff. Uh, we have a manager on duty program, so they're also in the system. So those are the only staff that currently have access to the platform because launching it full out to our 460 staff was going to just be an ultimate failure from the start. So having that small amount of, of staff in the system, getting an, a feel for it and understanding was the first step that we did. Um, and the second step was est establishing a calendar and establishing a plan A, plan B, plan C, and even plan Ds at time because nothing goes as planned. <laughs> so, so basically, I, I was always tweaking the calendar, making sure that knowing that, it, oh, it's budget season. What am I doing trying to assign this type of training to them right now? Um, have knowing having the managers know that you're being cognizant of their schedule as well and not just being the HR department and the training department that's pushing all these things and not caring what else they have on their plate I think was the major um, strategy point that we were looking at so just giving not as much like not putting out Excel training in October when they're doing budgets is probably the most convenient thing for them because it gives a lot of information. But an eight-minute video on email etiquette is kind of simple and, and, and easy to, to do during that time. So that was one of the strategies that we did is just looking at the true time of the seasons for how our business works. Definitely. And that was actually going to be my next question around how you decided this curriculum. So you know, a lot of times people go to launch a program and there's just so many options and so many different things you can train on. So how did you guys decide what were those hot topics that you needed to start with with these managers? So we actually launched in April, which was a great time to even um, to take a look at what was truly needed with each department because that's our performance review season. So I am also in charge of performance. So I'm looking at every single person's performance review, double checking, making sure what's on there. And there's also a spot for what staff want as suggested. And a lot of people put in training and specific types of training. So that helped me to establish the, the whole course strategy for the rest of the year. Um, um, and then just knowing little bits and pieces of when I started with the organization, asking around, what do you feel that you need to have a better knowledge of? And a lot of, a lot of it was uh, the whole Microsoft suite because it just changes so regularly. Um, so that that's something that we have planned. But also just, you know, pro processing interviews, knowing the right questions to ask. There was very little things that people wanted to know that they could boost their skills on. So I just jotted those down and tried to figure out how they'd work best with, with the flow of the um, calendar. So uh, I'm sort of privy to this information because, again, we had a chance to meet at a line. Um, 
One of the business challenges that you came in looking to um, overcome was employee retention, just because of the nature of your business. Um, can you talk about how employee retention and maybe some other business challenges helped influence the way you strategized your launch? Definitely, definitely. Uh, so recently, we did a set of videos for interviewing skills, and we I went took more of the comedic approach, and it was honestly the best videos that and had the best feedback from our staff that they truly got the skills, just the little things reinforced to them of the right way to ask a question in an interview in the wrong ways, because it was so extreme that they found it funny, but they were learning. Someone came up to me and told me that they actually watched one series of the video uh, about six or seven times and just continued to laugh over and over again, which I was like, that's awesome, because I know that they retained what they watched because they watched it six or seven times. I mean, that's the little feedback that shows uh, that we're getting somewhere. Uh, we're, we're now starting to try to look at our, our turnover rate and see if, if the training is, hel- is helping with the hiring that's happening after the, after the videos have been shown. And we did a reinforced uh, live classroom learning with it as well. Perfect. So shout out to Jeff Havens, because clearly that's the videos you're talking about, by the way, you're describing. Uh, good friend of Biz Library and the Biz Library podcast has been a guest before for us. So perfect. Um, so let's talk a little bit about pre-launch. Um, so I love what you said about you took the phased approach because a lot of times that can hold people up. They feel like they have to have everything ready to go before they launch. Um, and you don't. But talk to us a little bit about the planning you did ahead of time. After you got that middle manager buy-in, what other things did you put in place before you s- started assigning training and giving training to employees? Yeah, so uh, I actually utilized a lot of the marketing materials that Biz Library had, had available. Uh, there's a really great document that you guys have of just basically navigating the system for a first-time user. So that's what we used. We have an external communication system that goes out to our, our staff. Uh, so our mark, internal marketing team took that, jazzed it up a little bit with our logo, and <laughs> sent it out to all the staff, giving them the how-to tutorials of how to access the trainings and how to navigate. But then I also... Um, what I put together, just because I know that there's going to be a million questions and I'm not going to be able to answer them all, uh, I kind of put, put together a preliminary FAQ that sent out to all managers um, just so that they could kind of have their questions and answers right right there at their fingertips. Also because we internally track other types of certifications being a fitness uh, facility. So there's a lot of different reports that we're sending out. So we needed to make sure that they could differentiate between this library and those. And just having a, a job aid tools and just constantly, um, you know, just saying a new training program's coming and like just saying things to them just as a reinforcement reminder, uh, just little, little things. Even now after the Align conference, I wear my biz library lanyard with my name tag and it reminds, I'll walk by and someone's like, oh, I got to take that training. (laughs) (laughs) So it's kind of like silly things like that, that I've figured out are the right way to go about just having that always knowing approach that biz library's there. Um, the lanyards are a fantastic example. Are there any sort of other symbolic elements that are present um, that employees can sort of see and, and, and realize that training is available and important to your organization and, and thus important to them? 
Yeah, actually, so um, at one of our locations, the general manager does what she calls mini huddles. And she was having them about a couple times a week. And now she does them periodically. But at times, she'll actually use biz library videos during her mini huddles and they're about 15 minutes or half an hour sometimes uh and it truly does help because it's showing that biz library is not just this excel training that we've assigned to you or this email training it's that it's giving you some just tiny little things that you might need for every day just pure knowing how to be efficient throughout your day time management like a five minute video that she shows actually reinforces that it's there for them so I'm going to switch gears a little bit and maybe throw you off, hopefully not, because <laughs> um, I want to talk about one of the biggest downfalls of new program launches, and that is the lack of goals at the beginning. And so we hear so often that they just want to get the system out there and they want people to use it. And usage does not really show business results. And I know that you guys have seen some results in terms of um, ways you measure customer service in different areas, but talk to us about how you decided those goals up front and then how you did measure them to show the true impact of training. So being a customer-facing business all the time, uh, you're, we're basically always on. So my first goal of training was customer service and reinforcing the customer service because we track that. We track that regularly every week. We send out something we call club chatter to all of our staff that shows our medallia scores. Um, Medallia is a rating system that we send out to our members uh, regularly via email that has all types of ratings that they can give to us, but one of them is the staff friendliness score. So that's something that is tracked every week and updated to the staff. And I will say that we, we have, I've never seen it go below an eight and it's an, it's on a one to 10 scale, but it has gone up a little bit more as we began showing uh, the customer service videos right at onboarding. And that's become part of our onboarding process on the day of that we show a few different five steps for better customer service and then dealing with difficult uh, dealing with difficult customers, giving them some core skills already going going into their job. Uh, it is it is truly taking uh, taking a little bit of an effect. Yeah, and I like that you said you are already measuring customer service. So it's not like you have to create all these new ways to measure things of training, look at what you're already doing and just see how you can improve. So you talked about onboarding and giving training right there at onboarding. So um, clearly the manager training was your focus when you first launched. How long before you started developing these other programs as well? Uh, onboarding started shortly thereafter. I would say, uh, actually, the two videos that we show at onboarding were the two videos that we launched with. Uh, so once we launched with those in April, I say about May, we decided that those should be shown to all incoming staff. So we do show them when we have, we call it for training for excellence on their, uh, prior to their first day, they come and fill out all their paperwork and we show those videos. We're actually adding more to them. We're going to possibly do bloodborne pathogen, uh, sexual harassment because we're in New York state and they just passed a big law. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Making it fun. And, but so that way we can make sure that they're getting the training right then and there, right before they they even start, start their new position. So, um, Obviously, uh, a little bit before this this new pro, this onboarding program goes out, um, you've done the legwork. 
you've sort of put together a plan, you've talked to managers, um, you've gotten that crucial buy-in. Can you just talk a little bit about how the launch, you know, what happened after the launch and how you knew it was successful? Uh, yeah, definitely. It it Right after the launch, after we sent out the communication saying these trainings are live, I immediately had a lot of emails. By a lot, I'd probably say 10, but that's that's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, we had about 80 users in there, so that that's that's pretty a lot. Yeah. But it was automatically just asking questions about the system, and it, it just showed that people were paying attention to what was sent to them, which is already a big thing. Uh, the And we can see the open rate for when we send out those communications because they're sent through MailChimp. So it, it had a very good open rate compared to some of the other things that we've sent, sent out. And then after just seeing the numbers of those that actually took the training by the end of the month was, uh, was I'd say, more than 50%. So that was a lot more than we actually thought would happen. Uh, so that just overall showed the success of, of the first month. So I'm going to take Derek's favorite question that he likes to ask, and that is <laughs> that um, once you launched, what were some of the roadblocks or challenges that you experienced that maybe you were anticipating or you weren't anticipating? Uh, personally, I would say the time of the year that we launched was a bit hectic uh, just for what I oversee. So I didn't actually think of my own constraints when I was launching. Uh, basically, it's performance season, benefit season, which I hmm. both oversee. So it was a bit hectic to answer all the questions about the training system as well. Uh, but we managed. <laughs> uh, that's, why, that's why there's a good team here that supports, uh, supports me and went throughout the process. That was one of the biggest things is just not taking into a uh, taking into consideration what is going on in our department to know that we have enough man manpower to help us when you know something someone needs a password reset that they can't figure out or their system's not working. Uh, one other and that brings me into the next thing is just really uh, we didn't know the constraints of our system, so we all share bandwidth. Uh, throughout the club and if uh, maybe three four people are watching a video at a time it can slow someone else's video down and that was the secondary question that we would get from someone else so just knowing our system and knowing what can be what can happen or just making sure that our firewall is not blocking this library <laughs> for any silly reason uh, those are the things that came up after launch that caused a little bit of a roadblock and uh, some delays. Those are those are manageable, at least. Um, yes. <laughs> looking ahead, um, you're, you're sort of coming up on, on almost a year. Um, next April will be the, the year mark of your program. Looking forward, what are some things that you're most excited about? What are some things that you're anticipating? Um, where do you see the direction of your program headed? So uh, going forward, we're actually considering putting all of our staff in the system. Um, it's a bit tricky because we are about – we are – over more than 50% part-time staff, and some of them work just a few hours a week. So we're trying to decide if if it's worth it to have them in the Biz Library LMS or just having them in the full Biz Library system. So that's that's some of the things that we're right now trying to decide. Um, but being at Align and hearing so many so many people talking about how they gave the opportunity for people to join Biz, to join the Biz Library system, but they didn't force them to be enrolled, uh, is possibly a route that we're looking at. And then with that, uh, we're lo possibly looking at adding on booster learning because uh, just that's one of my big thing is just making sure that the learning is being reinforced and sometimes it's really hard uh, HR can get kind of 
bogged down with things, especially certain times of the year. So not being able to reinforce that learning could could just do damage. So um, adding that booster learn is something that we're definitely looking at doing. Great. And so coming up on the year mark now and thinking about reporting back to senior leadership, you know, hopefully they're seeing the impact that training is already having. But what types of feedback have you gotten from leadership and what types of things are you reporting back to them to show them the value? Uh, Some of the feedback that we've gotten is just basically – always asking if there's th- if that video exists on biz library <laughs> and then when i always answer that it's there it's it's kind of funny to see like the amazement that it will be there that we don't have to go to another system because <laughs> um, i mean there's just everything from a, a to a to z that you could think of in the system uh and then really just getting more completion and getting more um voluntary training in a sense I don't know the right way of saying it but having people going in the system and finding trainings for their for on their own I get a lot of requests now to sit down individually because I did it in the beginning uh, with looking at the system and saying yeah let's get this training for your department let's do this and now I'm trying to get them to be more independent and so when it comes to reporting I want to show to our executives that the managers are independently looking in the system and finding trainings to to help and, and encourage staff and 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 have our staff grow. Uh, unfortunately, um, we are sort of coming up on time here. Uh, before we let you go, though, um, I'm curious to know um, someone else, sort of in your shoes, where you were last April, looking to build a brand new program, um, switch from PowerPoint or or even more archaic forms of training. Um, what is that advice that you're giving to that person? Or even if you could go back to April and give yourself some advice, um, what, what would be some things that you'd tell, tell them to look out for? Uh, that it's not, you're not going to have 100% completion and that shouldn't be your goal. It should just be your goal of, of seeing staff actually taking advantage of the system and, and being excited to watch some of the videos knowing that it's going to make things better for them. Um, and also just knowing that things are going to go wrong. <laughs> uh, you, you, you can have as many plans as possible, but just know that you can't achieve everything at once and that trying to achieve everything at once could be too much. Uh, get a firm understanding of the biz library ad, admin side of the system first before you launch definitely and, and then just go from there and just take it in pieces because that's the best way to do it. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We know that uh, it's October, your busy time, so we appreciate you taking time out to meet with us today. Thanks, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed our discussion with Cara Austin. Here are three takeaways from this week's interview. First, develop resources ahead of time that will help you when it's time to establish leadership buy-in. Second, make multiple plans because things can and will go wrong. And third, 100% completion shouldn't be your goal or metric for success. Instead, look for the behavior change and improvement where you should find it. This podcast is brought to you by Biz Library, your online learning partner. For more information, visit us online at www.bizlibrary.com slash resources. Every week, we like to spotlight one of the free resources Biz Library offers to help our listeners master the concepts and our key takeaways. This week, check out our free infographic called the Complete Training Program Checklist. You can find the link to this infographic in the show notes or on the Biz Library website on the resources page. If you'd like to appear on the Biz Library podcast or suggest a topic for discussion, visit us on Twitter 
at bizlibrary or email us at hannah at bizlibrary.com. Don't forget to click subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, and share this episode with friends through social media. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Derek Smith. And I'm Hannah Brenner. See you next week.